Welcome to On The Spot with Melinda Garvey, the On The Dot interview series where we sit down with some of the most intriguing and interesting women to watch featured in our daily email newsletter and podcast, Four Minutes with On The Dot. Make sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss a single episode of On The Spot, now available every Thursday on your favorite podcast streaming services. Today, I sit down with Amy Baroni, Chief Strategy Officer for Splash. Without further ado, let's start the show. Welcome to On the Spot with Melinda Garvey. I am your host, of course, Melinda Garvey, and happy to have you all here today. Every week, as you know, we bring you another incredible, relatable role model, and this week is no different. Today, we welcome Amy Baroni, the Chief Strategy Officer for Splash, which is an event marketing technology company. Welcome. We're excited to have you on the show, and thanks so much for being here. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Well, before we get going and get into the meat of it, I like to take you way back. So what I want to know is, what was your big dream when you were growing up? What did you think you were going to be and what did you want to do when you were growing up? It was a little bit of a toss-up. I think my family always thought, and for a while I thought I'd be a lawyer, mostly because I like to argue about absolutely everything, every little detail. But I was always really excited about entertainment industry, television, movies, things like that. And so I actually thought I would end up doing something around that. And for a while I did do a couple things in that area. Well, that's awesome. And I think that when you went to the, I guess, your company that you were with the longest, which is Tableau Software, right? You were there for 12 years. What were you doing there? When I joined Tableau, it was a startup with just 30 people. I was hired to build out uh, demand, was the first marketing hire there. And we were a very disruptive technology in the business intelligence and analytics space. And at the time, way back then, to level set in your brain, it was pre-iPhone, pre-smartphone land. For the iPhone, really? <laughs> there was, there was I don't hard to remember. But, you know, we, we were still sending out CDs to trial products, for example, if that's a different level set. But, you know, I was really uh, brought on to build out awareness and demand for, for this product. We were thinking very differently about how people would engage and interact with data. And we really wanted to empower the everyday person to be able to ask questions of their data and get answers. Our mission was really to help people see and understand data and, and not have it be limited to analysts or report writers or statisticians, that anybody could do that. And so that was really the premise. And obviously that notion took off really well. The company eventually IPO'd and uh, was recently acquired by Salesforce. Okay, so let's talk about this 12-year thing, because that's pretty unusual in this day and age. I mean, gosh, I think the statistics now are if someone stays at a job, you know, one to two years, especially, you know, young women, that's a long time. So what was it like to be in a role for 12 years and how did you keep growing and learning and progressing? I agree. It's unusual, especially in the marketing space, and it's unusual in the tech space for sure. But this company was special from day one. And even the original, let's call it 100 people, were a significant majority of them were there for at least a 10-year period of time. Everyone was really bought into the mission and the product and excited to see the impact that it had on people's lives. And growing from you know a $2 million company to 
a billion plus dollar company, there were just constant challenges and new things to build and, and always things to be thinking about in terms of how we were going to grow the business, how we we're going to take it to the next level. How could we continue to innovate only with our product, but you know, with our really passionate customer community, how could we continue to differentiate in the market and really change the way people thought about data and comfort level. And in fact, the data could be fun and engaging and exciting and, and something that they should want to participate in. And so I think the challenges were always there. And the other big part about that, and, and especially on, on the fact of you know, you mentioned being a woman. I was surrounded by really passionate, smart, and brilliant women who you wanted to work with, who made it really exciting every single day to show up at work. I worked for one of the most amazing humans out there, Elisa Fink, who just is humble and brilliant and just invests in her people and, you know, allowed me to have the autonomy and the runway, but still with the coaching and mentoring to be able to really build my career there and stay highly engaged. And it was even hard to leave after 12 years. That sounds like an environment in this sort of startup world. I think there's either this fast burnout or like you're saying, this continued growth because the company's growing so fast, you have to be changing and learning constantly. And so I think by nature, if that's what we're drawn to, then, you know, we keep staying for that next thing, that next bit of learning. So that's awesome. So why did you leave? Well, so as part of my role evolved at Tableau and, and really an anchor of so many of my roles over the past 20 years is all around event or experiential marketing. And I really struggled a lot of times with the same reason I joined Tableau. When I first saw Tableau and I experienced the technology, my first thought is, oh my gosh, where has this technology been my whole life? Like this solves so many problems for me. And when I first learned about Splash and having been purchasing, you know, event related technologies for so many years, I was so struck by how differently they had thought about the problem and the trajectory that the product could go and, and be really disruptive in the space and really enable, you know, not just specific people, but more people across the entire organization, the ability to democratize events across the entire organization in a way that would, you know, still satisfy the most particular event person in terms of, you know, making sure that the experience or the brand compliance or the, or the data compliance would be there and, and that, you know, more people could create really beautiful and powerful experiences leveraging technology. And so that really struck a chord with me. And the idea that I could go and, you know, participate in this and make an impact and put, you know, a piece of technology out into the world and work on a piece of technology that would really change people's experience when it came to planning and organizing, you know, really powerful in-person experiences that struck a chord with me that was worth deciding to do something new and, and pursuing something new and trying to go and build another company. I've, I've always been very drawn to building was there anything when you made the decision to leave? I mean, we, we talk a lot about the confidence gap with women. You know, it's it's one of the big kind of core issues in this, you know, women's movement and women's advancement is this sort of lack of confidence. Did you ever sort of have that waiver in your confidence? Like, oh, can I really do this making the leap? I mean, especially after you get comfortable someplace for 12 years, right? And you know, you can do that, you know, and if so, how you overcame that. And if you didn't have it, then, you know, what's your secret? <laughs> I think it was that Splash reached out to me, so I didn't reach out to them. And, you know, although I was very taken with the opportunity, I don't know if it was that I didn't need to go anywhere. 
that I had nothing to lose, but maybe I even came in overly confident, which was frankly a weird experience having not taken that approach before. I think you're right. Women tend to like self-doubt and like hedge or try to prove themselves, but in a way that doesn't necessarily come across with a lot of confidence. And in this case, I actually came in probably a little hot with the confidence. And it was really interesting to experience that. I think I've probably self-adjusted since then. And the lack of confidence probably sneaks in from time to time. And I've, I've tried to find ways to manage that while actively seeking feedback to make sure that confidence doesn't turn into ego. I think that's a slippery slope and a dangerous path. I think people can be humble, smart, and, you know, be very transparent. I think there's power in being transparent when you know something and when you don't know something and being really honest about that. But that really involves building trust as well and building those trusted relationships around you. And so I would definitely tell people to lean into confidence. It's kind of exciting and definitely caught me off guard a little bit how willing I allowed myself to be that way in this situation. Very interesting. When I was looking at the site that not only are your founders male, which is typical in a software company, I, I, I thought it was interesting. You mentioned at Tableau how you were surrounded by so many incredible women, which is unusual in a tech software industry. Usually you're the minority. I know everyone in the company at, at Splash wasn't on the site, but of sort of the company leadership, there were two women out of I think what eight eight that were shown men. So I wonder, you know, how that sort of affects how you operate, or do you feel that same sort of being surrounded by powerful women? Yeah, well, I think just even reflecting on my whole career, I always worked for men. Also, I worked in the music industry for a while, which is male dominated and, you know, crossing lines in a lot of areas that probably made me pretty tough from the get go. You know, Tableau was founded by three men as well, but there was never kind of that divide that I have experienced at other companies. And so they looked for the smartest, most talented people who could contribute to the business problem we had. And then it didn't really matter if they were male or female. And I just think that, that I give them a lot of credit for bringing on so many strong women. You know, women were still the minority for sure, but, you know, definitely weren't limited to lower level positions at the company. Our sales leader and our marketing leader were both very strong women. That was really exciting. At Splash, we're definitely bringing on some more women leadership, which is really exciting. But, you know, I think, again, it comes down to building trusted relationships at an organization. And I think I truly believe in hiring the right person and it doesn't really matter, you know, what box they fit into. I think more people should just be really passionate about finding somebody who truly wants to live the mission and really deliver. And, and if you can broker good relationships and, and show up with confidence and, and build that trust and understand how each other operates, you can hopefully avoid some of that dynamic that so many people definitely experience on a regular basis. Yeah, and I think that sort of what you're describing, you know, you use these words, we're sort of getting rid of that unconscious bias, you know, which is hard for everybody. Look, it's hard for women too. We all have unconscious bias, but, you know, I think, you know, really finding the right 
person for the job does mean being consciously unconscious, if you will, <laughs> or consciously getting rid of the unconscious bias, understanding, you know, where, okay, we might not have as many applicants because we're a software firm. So how are we making sure that we're actively recruiting that diverse group in the first place that we're even going to get to talk to, you know, so it's a very interesting, you know, process because it does go back to, you know, kind of those early stages and then ultimately getting to the right person, you know, whoever that is. So it's an interesting just dynamic with certainly lots of companies in the corporate world, but certainly tech companies, you know, are particularly, you know, challenged and having that lens, you know, on all the time to make sure that they're filling the pipeline. Yeah. And there's, uh, you know, I just encourage you, there's power in different ways of thinking. And I think it's comfortable for people to hire people who are like them. And that doesn't mean necessarily like them in the way they look, but like them in the way they think. I don't think that yields the best result. I think if you can't create uh, teams that can have dynamic, you know, productive conflict and conversation and challenge each other and and bring different perspectives to the table, you're never going to get that very best outcome from that. And so... You know, I think that's important to have that diversity, diversity in thought, diversity in perspective, diversity in experience as part of a team and be outside of your comfort zone of hiring people who uh, feel comfortable. Let's pivot and talk a little bit about events because that's your biz now. And I love events. We actually do some big events with our company as well. It's amazing. We had one just last Friday with 500 women there. More and more, I find that just the people coming up to me and just the impact that live event. So why do you think, especially in today's world, why are these live events becoming more and more and more popular? I mean, we have all this technology. We never have to have a live event, right? But why are they so popular? One of our big core beliefs at Splash is we believe in the power of human connection. And we have really worked hard to automate so many parts of our lives. And half of my conversations are, you know, via Slack these days. Thankfully, there's video conferencing, which is closer, especially for somebody who works remotely most of the time. And it's so easy to fall into the convenience of technology. But the reason that events, I think, are making almost like a resurgence is that there is that power in that human connection, that ability to make connections that really tap into the emotional connection that is hard to get over different, you know, more technology or or automated channels. And so I think as technology continues to progress, it becomes even more important. And I expect to see more emphasis placed on the ability to connect face-to-face in person, even if sometimes it has to be a virtual component, a video component, but that ability to empathize with somebody. If you think about it, even the difference between dialing into a meeting or doing a video into a meeting changes your entire experience in terms of the way that you can participate in the way that you you're reading your colleague's body language. And I just think that technology is so exciting and we should have greater technologies that help enable things, including the ability to connect in person. What I also hear too is the actual physical, the touch, right? The hug that you give someone, the handshake, because I think that we've lost so much of that. It just makes a huge impact in how we feel and the kind of actual connection that we make with somebody is so different when you're in person and, you know, you're. (laughs) I mean, it can be as simple as a handshake even creates that connection and initiates the opportunity for trust building. 
I was at a conference and there was a group of men talking about this really cool technology, this VR technology where you could sit on your couch and you could have your friends with you on the couch. They just thought that was the most awesome thing and they could give you like a pat on the shoulder. And I'm just thinking to myself, that sounds just horrible to me. <laughs> what do you mean? I want, you know, to not actually have the physical people. It's like, where are we going that we're getting excited about having virtual people sitting next to us? I don't know. It was just, I thought it was amusing. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just a novelty, you know, and I think we're already starting to see, you know, uh, trends and data to show that people are really actively working to balance that technology with that in person. And, you know, with, with any new technology, there's that cycle that it goes through. And so. <laughs> yeah. Men might adopt that more than women. I mean, I don't know many women who would be like, oh, that'd be awesome. No. Uh, anyway, I think that you know, you've talked a lot about being a, a woman in these male dominated fields and sort of how you manage that. Do you have any sort of particular challenges for women and, you know, recommendations for overcoming those challenges for those of our listeners who are in those fields? You know, I think the big thing is trust yourself, show up, surround yourself with people who encourage you and support you. And that can be men or women. I would just say you don't have to leave yourself in a situation where, you know, you're not feeling valued. And I think is the more that people don't allow themselves to stay in positions where they're not being valued or respected in some cases, it subconsciously allows that to perpetuate. And so find the companies and find the mentors in your life that support you, encourage you and allow you to, you know, find and sustain that confidence because that allows people to do their best work and really contribute in the most meaningful way. So when you look back over your career, not that it's over by any stretch of the imagination, but when you look back, is there anything that you would have done differently? Any leap you would have made that you think, mm, if I would have? Tactically, I wish I would have saved more of my work over the years. I, I think I've spent some time recreating too many things in my life. But uh, on a more like serious, thoughtful note, I'm not sure. I, I feel like I wouldn't be the person I am today if I had a cheat sheet to the challenges or being able to you know see ahead to the future. And I think it's really those challenges that build character and, and how we respond to them you know, really shapes who we are today. And so... I don't know. I, I think it's uh, important to go through the highs and the lows and in the in-betweens. And, you know, I think it's more important to focus on what the future has to offer than like too much on if I had done something a little bit differently. And I'm also really happy where I'm at. So I feel like I've owned my decisions over the years for sure. Yeah, I think that's what, you know, a lot of us find is that there's some things I'm like, if I really had to go back, I think I would want to erase or change. But then where would I be now? What would it have led, you know, because actually what I'm doing now came out of a really negative situation. And I thought, oh, my gosh, when I was in it, I would just have a do over on that. But then would I really had the courage to do what I'm doing now? Always an interesting dilemma, but you know, the path is the path, right? <laughs> yep, can't change it. Yes, exactly. So as we close up, we do our little speed round to find out just a little bit more about you as a person. So what does your morning routine look like? Well, I work East Coast and West Coast hours. So I often have calls as early as six. And that was hard for me. I'm not a morning person. So it's how long can I possibly snooze till the very last second and then coffee, 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 Zoom video, coffee, coffee, Zoom video. 
that's really my morning routine. And then hoping that my fumbling around in the morning doesn't wake up the dogs or, or my daughter as I try to join calls and look somewhat presentable by six in the morning. So what are you currently reading or listening to? I've been on a little bit of a book binge, which is unusual for me, but I just finished The Advantage, Five Dysfunctions of a Team, Power Moves by Adam Grant, and then for more pleasure read, Born a Crime by Trevor Noah, which is amazing if you have not read that already. And I recommend the audiobook because he narrates it and he's funny and it's just great. And it's called Born a Crime. Born a Crime by Trevor Noah. Very good. Love that recommendation. So what's one thing you can't live without? Oh my, uh, coffee, 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 <laughs> coffee. Uh, <laughs> there's a time of day where it just, it just flips, right? <laughs> the other way and it's just wine, you know, right? <laughs> no matter what the time Yeah, is. coffee and then honestly a, a good workout. It really clears the brain and clears the stress, lifting really heavy weights. I can't focus on anything else. I need that brain break. So last question, if you could give advice to your 10 years ago self, what would that piece of advice be? I think it goes back to, you know, your earlier question about reflecting back. And I think I'd uh, just say you got this, you know, trust yourself. You got this. I think the learning is part of the journey. I love that. Well, Amy, thank you so much. Thank you for sharing and for your candor and for being with us today. And um, I know that people can probably find you personally on LinkedIn, perhaps. Yep. Um, and then where can they find out information about Splash? Just go online at splashthat.com awesome. or follow us on LinkedIn or Twitter or Instagram. Awesome to find out all the latest and greatest with events. So um, yeah, I was, I was interested in, in checking you out for some of the events we do too. You got to do some interesting stuff. So anyway, thank you so much. I appreciate it. And we will be watching to see what you do next. All right. Sounds good. Thank you so much. For more female empowerment, inspiration, and advice, subscribe to our free daily newsletter and audio brief, Four Minutes with On The Dot. Let us know your thoughts or what you want to hear next from at On The Dot Woman on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We're here to help you become the best boss babe you are meant to be.